I'm glad you picked tonight to show up. Whew. Oh, thank you, thank you, Peyton, thank you. Um, so I've been reading this book. We're in Third John. If you don't know, who could tell me what? Who wrote Third John? When was it written? Probably around the same time that Second John was written, right? Do you know where John was when he wrote it? So jail's not the answer for everything. Only most things. Uh, it says that he was, uh, I think he was, it says it was he's in Ephesus when he wrote it, right? And so what we're going to see today is we're going to see a difference between the letters that we have read over the past 11 weeks through 1 John and 2 John. Today, in 1 John, we saw some warnings. We saw three things that Pastor Jesse talked about. Who can tell me what those were? Where's he at? Where's Dalton? Truth, love, and obedience. What did Mr. Chad talk about? Finn, I knew it. And anything else? Still not jail. He said, beware of false teachers, right? So tonight we're going to see a letter specifically to a guy named Gaius. And it's going to concern Gaius, a gentleman by the name of Diotrephes. I hope I said that right. My Greek's a little shabby. And a guy named Demetrius. But before we get into that, we have a special guest this evening to help us read through 3 John. As before we do for every service, what do we do when we read the scripture together? We Let's go. And I'd like to present to you Mr. Ross Johnson Foskey. I don't know his middle name. This one? Okay. Let me give you a microphone. My middle name is not Johnson, by the way. What did, I had nothing. I had nothing. All right, here we go. All right, thank you. All right. The elder to the beloved guys, whom I love in truth. Beloved, I pray that all may go, go well with you, and that you may be in good health as it goes well with your soul. For I rejoice greatly when the brothers came and testified to your truth, as indeed you are walking in the truth. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. Beloved, it is a faithful thing you do in all, in all your efforts for these brothers, strangers as they are, who testify to your love before the church. You will do well to send them on their journey in a manner worthy of God. For they have gone out for the sake of the name, accepting nothing from the Gentiles. Therefore, we ought to support people like these, that we may, that we may be, or that, yeah, that we may be fellow workers for the truth. I have written something to the church, but Diotrephes, who likes he likes to put himself first, does in you. not acknowledge our authority. So if I come, I will bring up what he is doing, talking wicked nonsense against us, and not content with that, he refuses to welcome the brothers and also stops those who want to who want to and puts them out of the church. Beloved, do not imitate evil, but imitate good. Whoever does good is from God. Whoever does evil has not seen God. Demetrius has received a good testimony from everyone and from the truth itself. We also had our testimony, and you know that our testimony is true. I had much to write to you, but I would rather not write with any. I hope to see you soon, and we will talk face to face. Peace be to you. The friends greet you. Greet the friends. Be funny. Let's pray. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for bringing us here tonight, and Lord, thank you for uh, the word that you've given us to go to this lesson, this record, and this is able to your Lord. Lord, I pray that every person here doesn't record that you're scared, but let them see you through him. 
Amen. Thank you, sir. Is it Aloysius? Ross Aloysius Foskey? No? Okay, so I'm, gonna, I'm not going to wing it tonight. Sort of not. But I have uh, somewhat of a script to, to go to. But one of the things I wanted to bring up as just the night kind of created itself was something that uh, Pastor Jesse said. Uh, we prayed upstairs, something that Mr. Chad said, we prayed inside there, and something Mr. Ross just said, he prayed out here. Each one of us, or each one of those men said, I hope that you don't hear me, but you, but you hear the glorification of God's word, right? We want to hear God's word. We don't care who's on stage, you know, and that's important to us, but we want to hear the truth, which is what we're going to be talking about. We want to hear God's word. Well, that's what John is writing to Gaius in this letter. He's commending him on helping missionaries. He's commending him on helping. We'll get into it a little bit later, but he's commending him on helping brothers and sisters who was here last Sunday. Morgan got baptized. She is now our sister. Amen. So he's talking about supporting missionaries being hospitable, but he's also talking about being steadfast in turbulent times or uh, in the face of opposition. We see opposition in the second set of paragraphs, right? So I have a question for you. Have you ever done anything hard or what would you consider something hard that you've done in your life that you've accomplished? Grandpa. Wrestling. Wrestling. That's, that's good. Okay. Harper. <laughs> All right. Chuckles. Okay. So for the three that answered me, has there any been anything in your life that made you, that was given to you or that you were presented with that has helped you motivation encouragement ladder you know mom's and lunch box notes anything like that that's helped you get through those things coaches teammates friends nothing at all what you got i can't hear you it's my motivation too sometimes right so i'll tell you a quick story i was in the uh, in the 1900s i was in the navy and when i first joined the navy um we used to get these things. I reported my first submarine. I went through boot camp. I went through school. And I had a, a couple of people reach out and encourage me to finish and continue. My grandpa was one of them, an amazing man. But I didn't really see. I had the encouragement to finish. It was fine. It was like summer camp with uh, matching outfits. But when I got to my first submarine, we had these things called uh, family grams. Mr. Andy's in the crowd. He knows what I'm talking about. What it was, I may get this wrong, but it was a basically... 30 or 25 words, whatever the case may be. And it was, you got five of them a run and they were basically letters from home underwater. The radio men would receive them and you'd get 25 words to say what was going on at home. And hopefully you didn't run through the first five in the first week. It's one of those things, but I would always get these things. <coughs> I would get these things and they would want to want me to, they would allow me to keep going. They'd provide encouragement. I had something written on paper that said, okay, well, there's something else besides these metal tubes and this water that I'm surrounded with that I can't let get in, right? The whole ocean will not fit inside a submarine. Trust me. So I would get these things, these letters of encouragement. And as the time goes on, like while I was studying for this, I realized that those are happening today, even like today. And it's from letters from my wife. I've got emails. If y'all don't know, Miss Jessie loves to write stuff. She's very good at it. I don't know if she's in here, but she's very good at it. And so she would write me these letters, full disclosure, she'd write me these long letters, 
and it'd be like a page and a half, and I'd get every detail down to what color socks my kids were wearing, or whatever the case, or they're sick with this, or one's got it, or this, or this. And my response was normally, I don't know, 10 words? Hey, that's great to hear. Awesome. Love you. That's it. And then I get these other letters, and I and so we would come on watch, or we'd come to monitor the equipment that we ran, and I'd come on watch, and these would be motivation to get through. This whole week, I've received texts, encouragement. The things that are going on in, in the life of student ministry here, I've received encouragement. We've received a ton of encouragement and a ton of keep goings and a ton of you got this and a ton of these things. And this is what Gaius is presented with from John the Apostle. I mean, I like texts from Jesse and Chad and everybody, but I mean, do you get a letter from John the Apostle? Can you imagine? That's pretty cool, right? And so, <laughs> so he talks about the truth. And so I'll open up here and I'll start just from the top. Oh, also, I want to show you guys something. I brought this notebook up here just for one simple reason. And this is something that Mr. Chad sent me. And so I had to do it. But this is also third John. So. It, the handwriting probably looks the same from where you're sitting all the way up here. But I wrote 3 John out completely, right? And one of the things I learned is like it's you're drafting this letter that was drafted by an apostle like Jesus' dude. When you start putting scripture to paper, it makes a lot more sense to you. And you think you have everything in order and you start to put everything together. And then it's 4 o'clock on Wednesday night. You're supposed to teach at 5.30 or 6.30 and you have nothing. And so today on the way home from work, I was listening to a podcast and uh, one of the guys that was talking, he said, Lord, just give me a sign. And that's what I asked for. I was here at the stoplight. I didn't close my eyes. That'd have been weird. I said, Lord, give me a sign. I said, I need something to start. I know this letter. I've read this letter 50, 60 times. I just need something to start. And so I didn't come up with the start, but I came up with the end. And we'll, we'll get into that. And I just want to try to keep it suspenseful. So if we read the first uh, couple of verses, it's just a greeting. He said, the elder to the beloved guys whom I love in truth. The word beloved is, is key here, right? Because he's talking about somebody that he loves. It's not, hey, Dave, keep going. It's beloved guys whom I love in truth. And here, the, when he talks about I'm loving in truth, that, that doesn't mean like I love in truth. He's just saying I, I truly love you. Like the things I've heard about you and from the people that have talked to me, I love you. You're still spreading the word, right? And so it says in, in verse 2, and I'm going to go through this, and it'll be easier for me to break down the scripture this way. But it says, verse 2, it says, Beloved, I pray all may go well with you, that you may be a good health as it is well with your soul. For I rejoiced greatly when the brothers came and testified to your truth. As indeed you are walking in the truth. I have no greater joy than to hear my children are walking in the truth. So if you look at Colossians 1, verse 5 and 6, just so we get this out of the way, the truth, right? And this is pretty cool. Who wrote Colossians? Anybody? No. <laughs> Who said John? <laughs> like, yeah, jail. No. So Colossians 1. Hi, my turn. So Colossians 1, verses 5 and 6, read like this. It says, Because of the hope laid up for you in heaven, of this you have heard before in the word of the truth, the gospel. Which has come to you 
as indeed in the whole world it is bearing fruit and increasing as it all does among you since the day you had it and understood the grace of God in truth. It's the same thing we're talking about here, right? So, moving on to verse 5, he says, Beloved, it is a faithful thing you do in all your efforts for these brothers, strangers as they are. I congratulated Morgan on getting baptized last Sunday, but it's the truth, right? It's, it's we may know there's Christians in the world, and we may never meet them, but we're still related. There's one thing that will always be the base. We talked about this in Sunday school, I think, evening. But there's one thing that we always have in common with Christians, and that's Christ. There will always be a starting point for conversation because we are brothers or sisters in Christ. If all else fails, we start at the beginning. Christ. Right? That's pretty cool. So your family's huge. Always wanted a big family, right? And so it says, John is thanking him for helping the strangers brothers, but meaning fellow believers in Christ. And if you look at 1 Thessalonians 2.12, following my tabs, it reads like this. Actually, let me finish this out and I'll read this part. That's my bad. And it says, uh, Six who testified to your love before the church, you will do well to send them on their journey in a manner worthy of God. What journey is he talking about? Missions. Good job. Yes. No, <laughs> sure. So if you turn to uh, uh, sorry, if you turn to First Thessalonians two twelve, it reads like this: sitting, we exhorted each other, or each one of you, and encouraged you and charged you to walk in a manner worthy of God, who calls you into His own kingdom and glory. That's pretty awesome, right? And if you look at Colossians one ten, it reads a little bit like this: it reads so. This is now we're still talking about worthy of God. And so Colossians 1.10 reads like this. So as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, pleasing to him. Here's the key, right? Bearing fruit, every good work and increasing the knowledge of God. This is what Gaius is doing. So Paul's writing in these other epistles, but this is what Gaius is performing. This is what he's following through this. This is what John is commending him for. He's telling him, great job. Keep going. It's a letter of encouragement. You're doing the right thing. I don't know on a daily basis if you require these, sometimes weekly, depends on how strong you are, but how many times you require that keep going? How many times you require good job? Some of us need them daily. Some of us need them weekly. Some of us have forgotten what it sounds like. If nobody's told you recently, keep going. You're doing a great job. Okay? Just know that. Every single one of you. Good job. Keep going. If you haven't heard it in a while, there you go. This is the the point of this letter. But then we meet a dude named Diotrephes. Is that right? Cool. I got the nod. So, yes. But uh, let me finish this out, and then we'll get into what he's doing, right? And it says, uh, verse 7 says, For they have gone out for the sake of the name. The name. Where you at, Finn? Okay. Jesus, good job. Accepting nothing from the Gentiles. 
And I had to do some research on the accepting nothing from the Gentiles, but what do you think that might mean? You say not accepting false gods? So, I don't know if y'all have ever seen my paycheck for doing this job. It's <laughs> enormous. So this is what he's talking about, right? And so if I would accept money for doing this, then you start to see... How should I put this? Like you start to see maybe uh, blurred lines. What were the things that we were dealing with at this time in 90, 95 AD? We were dealing with false teachers. We were dealing with lies in the church. We were dealing with prophets that would come and tell you what they wanted you to hear. And so if I pay you and I want to hear certain things, well, I'll just keep paying you. And then I feel good about myself. This is the predicament that he's talking about. Do not accept anything from Gentiles. Gaius is living in, I don't know if I said this right, Roman Asia. And he's got everybody coming through. And so he's telling him not to accept these things. And it says, therefore, we ought to support people like these, that we may be fellow workers in the truth. There's that word again. It's the gospel, right? And he says, I've written, <laughs> I've written to the church, but here's the guy. But Diotrephes, who likes to put himself first, does not acknowledge or does not acknowledge our authority. Who's prideful in here? You don't have to raise your hand. I know most of us are. I'll raise my hand, right? I got a lot of pride. I'm the guy that reads instruction manuals to make sure that they're right. Right? I just double check the guy that designed the thing, make sure he got it right. I could be like driving home and I'd lose three tires, but I would take care of it myself because I have too much pride. I could get hurt, break my ankle, and decide to go home on my own and drive a stick shift because I didn't want to ask for help. I'm that guy. Diotrephes is like a terrible filter. Everything that comes to him, he wants to make sure that it's okay with him before he sends it out. Right? And so, I wrote in my notes, Diotrephes is a prideful fraud. And uh, we see those today. We see those in the church today. We may have seen those recently. People that block out what they want you or people that will let you know what they want you to hear, no matter how they operate behind the scenes, they want you to know or want you to know what they know. We see it every day. You may know people in your life. Like I said, you may have seen it recently. I have two Proverbs for you because Proverbs is full of good advice. I have two Proverbs for you. And the first one is uh, 813. It reads like this. And it's about pride. And so if this is you, I didn't mean to hurt your feelings, but <laughs> the first one is Proverbs 813. It reads like this. The fear of the Lord is hatred of evil. Pride and arrogance and the way of evil and perverted speech I hate. So who's this describing? Who's the second part of verse 13 describing? Well, it sounds like it's describing the guy that we're talking about. Because it tells you in there, I'm going to go back to that proverb, but it says, uh, it says in verse 10, he says, So if I come, I will bring up what he is doing, talking wicked nonsense against us. And not content with that, he refuses to welcome the brothers and also stops those who want to and puts them out of the church. Proverbs uh, 16, 18. 
Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. He's the guy. He's the guy in the beautiful robes. He's the guy. Everything that goes through this place goes through me first. If you want to do something, I better know about it. Tell me what you're going to put out. We're supporting missionaries. No, we're not. Not unless they're going to support us. Not unless the message that they want to put out is the message that I have to put out. Send them away. The Bible tells us to, to, to be hospitable, to provide hospitality for these people. John is telling guys this. He said it in the last, right? Second John, and he talked about it in first John. This guy's like, no, it's got to go through me. So what's he doing? He's putting himself before the Lord. Let me figure it out first. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what to say. I'm sure you've heard that before. I'll tell you what to say. If you know the truth in your brain, if any of you have parents or grandparents, you've heard this before, I will tell you what to say. Especially if it's kids under 12 eat free at the buffet and you're 13 and you try to lie and say, I'm 13. And your parents are like, he's 11. Right? We've heard this before. So <laughs> if we keep going. So John, and, and understand that, that John's planning on visiting them. And this is where I had the epiphany and I'll talk about it here in a second. But we talked about earlier in, in Proverbs where he says, uh, he talks about evil. And it says here in verse 11, he says, beloved, do not imitate evil, but imitate good. Whoever does good is from God. Whoever does evil has not seen God. Before we get into verse 12, we're talking about Demetrius. What, what's God saying here? So, or what's John saying here? He's saying, I'm giving you two clear examples. This is for us. I'm giving you two clear examples. You've got Gaius, who's supporting the mission, supporting God's word, supporting people in their walk with the Lord, worthy of the Lord. You've got, Demet not Demetrius, but Diotrephes, who's stopping everything. I'm the beginning, I'm the end. What I say goes. Without my support, you get nothing. There's a difference between good and evil. And I'll read that verse again because it's important. And I want you to, to pick up on one little thing, right? He says, again, on verse 11, it, says, it reads like this. It says, do not imitate evil, but imitate good. Whoever does good is from God. Whoever does evil has not seen God. We talk, uh, is Caleb Engel in here? So we talked a couple weeks ago, and I like to use this conversation because it's, it's awesome, and it was pretty quick. But the way the conversation went was we were talking about uh, salvation, and we were talking about being baptized, and we were talking about what happens after. And we're talking about the book of James a little bit. But the question I asked was, well, if you've been saved and you haven't changed, and you're still a person that you are the same person on Monday or Sunday that you are on Monday or Tuesday, what does that mean, Caleb? What happens when you act the same after you get saved and nothing changes? That's right, right? I can know every single word of this book. It'd be cool to write it all out, but it'd take me forever. I can know every single word of this book, but if I don't know God himself, if I don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, I know absolutely nothing. Zero. I can read all the books in the world. I can read that gigantic book that Mr. John gave me. Not a chance. 
But knowing all of those things and the breakdown of every single Greek word in the Old and New Testament, I will still know nothing if I don't have the relationship with Jesus Christ. That's where it all starts. And we see that Gaius has that relationship. In my, in my, in my beginning research, I tried to find this dude, Gaius. I'm like, this is a big deal to get a letter from John to him personally. But Gaius is a pretty common name like Dave or John or anything else in the older world. Gaius is pretty common. There's four occurrences or five occurrences in the Bible where Gaius is mentioned, and none of them pertain to this guy. So obviously he's heard the gospel. He's supporting the mission. He's supporting people. He's supporting God's word. Right? And so evil, we see evil in diatrophies. Because evil is me putting myself before Christ. Evil is you listen to me, I make the rules, you do what I say. Well, my Father in heaven says do this. You got to go through me first. I'll tell you what to say. Same thing at the buffet with your parents, right? And so now we get into the end of, of the chapter a little bit. Where we, t- we start to talk about a guy named Demetrius. Verse 12 says like this. It says, Demetrius has received a good testimony from everyone and from the truth itself. So not only have everybody, has everybody talked about him, he's walking in the truth. Like you can see it. You know, somebody gets saved and somebody, somebody's baptized and like... You get saved on Sunday and on Monday, or you get baptized, you give your life to Christ, and on Sunday, then on Monday, you're not an angel, you don't glow, it's not like awesome, and everybody's like, hey, that guy's saved, right? It's a work in progress. But we're supposed to be the reflection of Christ, we're the image of Him. And so you're supposed to see Him in me. So not only is He getting a letter from John about this guy, He's also setting the example. He's set apart. Pretty cool. And so it says, uh, his final greeting says, I've had too much to write to you, but I would rather not write with a pen and ink. I hope to see you soon and we will talk face to face. That's wild. Like, I want to meet you. There's a guy that preaches in town, and uh, I just thought of this actually. It's kind of weird, but it's the way my head works. There's a guy that preaches in town and he does some student ministry stuff, and he's an older gentleman in his late late, late 20s. And um, he's an older gentleman and I've, I've always wanted to meet him because I've heard his name and I, I just want to meet the guy because he's we got kind of a common interest. The same thing I started with. We have Christ in common. It's pretty cool. And I want to see what his ministry's like. I want to check him out. Make a friend, maybe. I don't know. But it's the same thing here. I don't want to send this guy a letter. I've, I've met people. I've listened to people online. I'm sure you've all got celebrities. Some of you celebrity crushes. You don't have to admit it here. But you write these people letters and you say, hey, you're awesome. And I love you. And whatever stuff you do, put hair in the envelope. I don't know. But you send these letters out. But obviously the goal in mind is to go shake that person's hand, give them a hug, stalk them, whatever you do. I don't know. Whatever you're into. But these are the things that we try to get towards. We want to see the source. What Gaius is doing is amazing. Demetrius is the guy that delivered the letter. His name is in the letter. It's pretty cool. Like it'd be, I wasn't there, but it'd be cool to see that letter being delivered. 
And uh, the last verse, verse 15. It says, Peace be to you. The friends greet you. Greet the friends each by name. When I was in the Navy, uh, people that have been in the military, or I think even people that work around the military, you're normally called by your last name. Everybody knows your last name because it's written two places on your body, and you can see it at most times, right? And so people will call you by your last name. Mine happens to be Wildman. It's pretty awesome. But uh, so people would know me by my last name, and they'd see me, and they'd go, hey, Wildman, hey, what's up? My brother's also named Wildman. Weird. But I would go, so my thing is if you didn't know my first name, and this might not have been super awesome of me, and this is 15 years ago, but if you didn't know my first name, I didn't really know you. Right? You can call me by my last name all you want. But if you didn't know my first name, I know Randy, I also know his last name, it's incredibly hard to spell. But I've known him for a very long time. Me and Randy are friends. I hope still. But like, if I didn't have the personal relationship with you to know your first name... Then were we really friends? Eh, not really. We were acquaintances. John wants to meet Gaius in person. Shake his hand, hug his neck, tell him good job. Again, if you haven't heard in a while, good job. So earlier when I was talking about the, I told this story to Jesse a little bit and to Chad. I'm sitting at the stoplight. And this is a big one, right? So I'm sitting at the stoplight, eyes open. Both hands on the wheel. And I asked God, I said, God, I need something for today. I need something. I need a sign. This is going to be tough. So I need a sign. I need something. And so the letter just starts running in my head. Like I said, I've listened. I've read. I've listened to this letter. I've read this letter. I've listened to sermons on this letter. Fifteen verses. And I've probably done a thousand hours of research. More like six. But the, the, the thing is, so here's what I got. And, and I... Here's what I got. We're, as Christians, we're guys. We want to receive that letter from our Father, right? <clears throat> it's hot in here. We want to receive that letter from our Father. We want that good job. We want that you've done well, my good and faithful servant. We want that encouragement. If you're looking, here's the letter. This is a letter to us. This is a personal letter to us from our Father. Here, this is it. This is the letter that guys received. This is our encouragement. We can't forget that. The truth is right here. Be steadfast in opposition. The hardest fight. You guys have done some hard things. That's cool. But the hardest fight you will ever fight is the fight for your faith. The world is attacking you. <clears throat> this is your keep going letter. So, <laughs> I got a bad shoulder. Sorry. Um, this is your keep going letter. And I encourage you to read it. If you don't have the relationship... Talk to one of the adults. There's adults in here that love you. They'd like for you to join the family. Some of them want big families. Not so much. But people in here want to talk to you about Christ. Because it's the greatest gift that we can share. It's something I've learned. <clears throat> Sorry. 
I'm thinking about frozen burritos I ate earlier. Heartburn, but it's something I've learned. Let me finish, we'll be done. It's something I've learned over the last six years. My students have heard this a hundred times. The greatest thing I can do is share Christ. I can do absolutely anything in the world. Jump the tallest mountain or whatever. Do awesome things. Be the richest man in the world. But if I have no relationship with Christ, everything is worthless. That's what Gaius is talking about. And so I encourage you, if you don't have that relationship, talk to somebody. If you just have questions, talk to somebody. Keep going. Here's your encouragement. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, come out, Lord, say thank God for your day. Lord, we thank you for who you are. We thank you for everything you've done. Lord, I thank you for the opportunity this evening just to, just to, just to, teach your word. Lord, I'm grateful for the things that I have. I'm grateful for the lessons I've learned. Lord, I love you. Amen.